0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. All <laughs> you're on the crazy
1: train. All
0: <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan.
2: July 4th to all our friends out there listening. God bless y'all. It's a great day to be alive for sure. It's going to be a beautiful weekend again here, especially today. We got everybody's got a lot of plans for today, and I hope that listening to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors is one of them. Uh, we're on every Saturday morning from uh, 6 to 8 a.m. We are live. We are unrehearsed. Bushy's reading his computer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out here uh, doing whatever anyway uh, if you want to be part of the show give us a call at 414-799-1250 that's 799-1250 he's Dan Bush I'm Tom Newbauer. Sam Schmitz is on the boards and uh, good morning fellas good morning traffic is light and
3: variable on the Edens we do have one rollover on the expressway
2: oh, that's hilarious <laughs> oh I thought you asked for the traffic <laughs> update sorry no, we we need the time from Sam. You know, we should have Sam do a weather report. You know, like at the top of the hour every week.
1: What do you uh, think? <laughs> I mean, it's not really what I was thinking. When I was like going through college, it's like, yeah, let's go from a sports broadcaster to a weather reporter. But I think I can make the, I think I can make the yeah. change if I need to. Yeah, well, Sam, it's I've a...
2: been—I uh, heard you yesterday. You and uh, Horvat were on together. Oh no yeah, that was,
1: that was a yeah. blast. Yeah, you, you you're pretty good. No, yeah. I lo- I really like working with uh, those two guys in the morning. Yep.
3: Yeah, I Sam, I don't think you could be a weather forecaster anyway. You're not hot enough.
1: What Wesley J Dangerfield's not hot enough? No, no, they right. they're looking for hot chicks, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's why if you're a good-looking
3: girl, if I you know what, if I had a daughter and she liked to talk and good at speech and, uh, and she's good looking, I'd say go into broadcasting because you will for sure climb the corporate ladder. You know, it's all about looks. That's right. It's
2: yeah. very, it's a very shallow industry.
3: Even right. though that's discriminatory hiring practices, uh, that's that they, they all do it. They just never say it.
2: Yeah, that's right. I agree. I agree. Um, you know this week, Danny I I, uh, I didn't have any publications to steal things out of you know or to borrow topics uh, no publications this week. so what do you mean no publications? Well a lot of times you know I'll have uh, some magazines you know and then I'll and I'll go through them and I'll pick out good topics for us to talk about, you know or interesting things that have happened, you know whether it be in our state or around the country. I didn't have any magazines this week, so we're, I'm really flying by the seat of my pants today. But well, one thing, we you, sh- yeah, go ahead. You know
3: what I did get for you? would you uh, get to help you if you do, you know, topic-wise? Is I did get you a copy of this year's regulations. It's right here. <laughs> a little bit.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. That'll come in real handy. Uh, but then again, you know what? I, I don't keep too many fish, so. Except for panfish mainly, you know, but uh, and an occasional pike. Uh, but one thing I think we should talk about is rivers. Because, you know, a lot of people, you know, fish on rivers. And river, I, me personally, Danny, I like fishing on rivers, even though I don't know them that well, okay? But I like fishing on them because what's so darn interesting about a river is the different structure, the different ins, outs, bends, you know, different bottom contents and all that flow rate. But the really interesting thing is that when you're fishing in a river, you're never quite sure what you're gonna catch. You know, just about anything could bite your line that's in that river. And, uh, you know, well, you know, you take the Fox River that I used to fish a lot up by De in and Green Bay. Everything's living in that river. I used to fish the Rock River. As a matter of fact, somebody caught one of those Asian carp in the Fox River. I think it was an Asian, or maybe it was a grass carp, whatever. But the thing is, is that it, it's so interesting not to always know what's at the other end of the line when you have something bending the rod. It's, it's just fun, you know. I enjoy it. Well, when you mention
3: river fishing, um, back to when I was a young boy and my dad would take us on float trips down the St. Croix River and later the Namakagan River and you're right, Tom. We caught everything. Every species. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned that St. Croix River. That's uh, that. That's something that I will never forget about that river. Is uh, many years ago, I had a, a boat motor that had a 85 horsepower engine on the back, and a friend of mine and myself, we had just got done fishing the Balsam Lake Pro Bass Invitational. So on the way home. We decided, well, you know, this isn't far from the Saint Croix. On the Saint Croix. Let's give it a shot, you know, just for maybe three, four hours. So we go into Saint Croix and we figured, well, let's go up river and then we'll work it down. Okay. So we're going about half throttle up the river and half throttle with an eighty five horses, you're clipping along pretty good. And in front of us a ways, there's an island in the middle of the river. Now, we don't know which side to go on of this island. Do we go to the right? Do we go to the left? Well, on the left side of the island, there was uh, some boat docks. There were some boats that parked and that. We figured, well, that must be the deep side because, well, that's where the boats are, right? Wrong. We went from eight feet of water to eight inches of water (laughs) in the blink of an eye, and that lower unit looked like a a J, you know, kind of (laughs) bent, like the letter J. Ah, yeah, we lived our way back with the electric motor. So I'll never forget the St. Croix River.
3: Well, the St. Croix River, we used to, uh, like I said, do a float trip down it. And it's funny because back then, Dad, he wasn't really much of a fisherman. He loved doing it, but he was not a finesse fisherman. So every one of our rod and reels had a leader on it, little Berkeley leader, 20, 30 pound, or a sample leader with and we even if you we were u- using a rapala uh, or a mep spinner or a spoon or a rubber frog we'd 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 use it with that leader which obviously is not the thing to do but those aggressive river fish i mean we had bass blowing up on the frogs which of course we could never hook up on flies and pike on the meps and the rapalas and the spoons i mean you'd and pike I I guess I mentioned those. So you could catch anything on a river, and those fish really seem to be aggressive. I don't know if fish in a river are more aggressive or not, if that's just nonsense, but they sure seem to be active.
2: No, you know what? I think you're right. Now that you mention it, thinking about all the different rivers I've fished, is that, yes, those fish, it seems like, like if you're if there's something in the water, let's say a log or a rock or whatever, and your bait is coming by it, it seems like they come out and slam it and try to take it back. I mean, they seems like they hit hard, you know, so yeah i I have to agree, yeah, the fishing on the river seem more aggressive, yeah, and uh, maybe it's because of the life that they're always fighting that current, you know uh I don't know, but uh they are fun to f- and you know Wisconsin. We have a lot of good rivers to fish in Wisconsin. My good, even the namesake, the Wisconsin River. I mean, thousands upon thousands of people fish that every year for the walleyes and the white bass. But I bet you they're catching other fish too, you know, like sturgeon, paddlefish, you know, weird things like that, you know, that you really don't want on I, your line but just happen to get on. I wonder, Tom, if fish in rivers if maybe
3: they've got like a trout mentality where they especially where there's if they kind of sit in a current break and they're opportunistic whatever comes by they're gonna nail it right away and maybe that's why they just tend to come flying out as soon
2: as that maps goes by them they just seem to be as aggressive as can be Yeah, and you know you mentioned the trout species I you know years ago when I used to do a lot of you know more fly rotting then and uh, used to do you know some trout fishing and uh, the season used to open in uh, uh, January but it was a catch and release and you know we'd actually be out there you know fly fishing in these rivers that you know don't don't freeze up these creeks you know, they're free flowing water and we'd be out there in January and February you know fishing for the for the trout but I found that uh, with the flies I never did that well with the flies if I put on a very small I think it's like a size zero meps. I do good on that. Or if I just use a split shot, a hook and a worm, a small worm. And that seemed to always get them. I never never caught anything big out of rivers, which most of the rivers I fished were like north of Madison in that area. And uh, never caught anything big. But, you know, we did catch trout, you know, which was pretty cool, you know especially doing it in the wintertime, and in the wintertime it's much nicer because in the summer, when I did it in the summer, if you didn't have the uh, like Coleman's insect repellent, man, you just got eaten up because there were mosquitoes and all kinds of other bugs all around you. Summertime trout fishing in the streams, that's 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 kind of tough because of all the bugs. Wintertime, beautiful. You know, one of the
3: best rivers, my brother, Tim ever fished on years ago, and back when he told me about it, it was, you know, sworn to secrecy type stuff. He uh, he met a young kid who was going to school in Oshkosh and going to college there, and Tim went to his brother, Tim's church, and they buddied up, and he would take them back, back to where he grew up, and uh, they would go on a float trip down the Black River. They would take a small little boat, and they had to go in through some, private property, some farmer's field or something, they had permission to, to, uh, you know, go through, take it down to the river, and then they would fish it during an afternoon all the way back down to a point where they had another vehicle set up, I guess, and they caught tons, I say tons, they caught a lot of big northern pike and nice muskies, and they'd just be throwing meps, and the fish they didn't ever get anything yeah maybe some in the low 40s were the biggest they got and then they'd get some pike in the high 30s but nobody fishes that stretch and it's like virgin territory so each river bend that you go around and there's a new log or a new new rock or a new pool to throw to and uh those fish would just come out of there and just hammer and one of the best baits that they use is top water they would just annihilate that, and, and my brother said it's some of the f- most fun fishing he's ever done.
2: Hmm. Yeah, you know, you're funny, you mentioned the Black River. Uh, I had a brother in law who's, God rest his soul, that he used to, years ago, he would fish on the Black River and always tell me about the good fishing it was, and I never took the opportunity to meet him up there and go with him on it, because he always told me the Black River was really good. Like you said, muskies and and uh, what he called pike and bass, and I think there were, I'm not sure if he said walleyes or not, but he said it was a it was a real action type river, and you know he never caught anything real big, but but he caught decent fish, you know, and he caught quite a few. It kept them interested, and I and I think that's what we all look for too when when we're fishing, whether it be a river or a lake, we want to keep things interesting. That's why musky fishing can be so boring sometimes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it takes a while sometimes be, between seeing fish, you know. Uh, whereas if you're fishing for other species, you know, you're catching a few more here and there, you know. get a little bit more interested. Have, well, uh, the, Danny, I, I got a question for you. Have you ever, when you've been casting for muskies and it's been a long time, have you ever gotten like lazy where you're not really holding on to the rod as tight as you should be, maybe? Um,
3: well, you know, being 500-pound deadlifter, Tom, I got that power grip where if I ever got lazy, a muskie's still not going to rip the rod out of my hands. But I have gotten lazy where I don't figure eight and or I do a half-hearted figure eight, and you miss a fish because you're kind of going
2: half-baked on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because so, in muskie fishing, if you've been casting for four, five, six hours, it tends to like well, ho hum, you know, another one reeling in, and and then if that's when you get that follow-up, that's when it's like, oh shoot, <laughs> you know, there's a fish, you know, and if it didn't do the the, the good figure eight and whatever, yeah, I know what you mean. But anyway, we got to go to a break right now, folks. Uh, we're uh, brought to you by uh, bait made fish attractants. We're on uh, not, we can catch us on two radio sessions, 12:50 a.m. and 1:0. FM the fan. So uh, stay tuned for more. He's Dan. I'm Tom. Sam is going to answer your phone calls at 799-1250. If you got any, stay tuned.
3: Okay, welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tommy the True Neubauer. Uh, Once again, we want to take this moment in our two hours of excitement to thank all of our listeners. We appreciate you have been with us for 10 years plus now. Um, Also, um, we want to thank the uh, folks in law enforcement out there protecting us, first responders, military folks out there, all those people that help. Keep America great on this Independence
2: Day, Tom. I agree, Danny. As a matter of fact, uh, my son Andy uh, got a cake, like a personalized cake, uh, at work the other night, uh, thanking him for his service. Uh, You know, he's, uh, I mean, besides being a dispatcher at Bell, he's also, uh, 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 what do you call it, on the ambulance, what do you call it, EMT, ambulance guy. And uh, so, uh, so yeah, he got a cake. That was kind of nice, you know. He said I could have some, but I haven't had some yet. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I was just thinking about this. I've heard from several of my sons and other people that some of the big, the big box stores when looking for fishing equipment, that uh, they don't have much. And uh, so I'm just letting people know that we still at Sherpers have a pretty good inventory. There's a couple of things that are hard to get, but uh, we, we've got a good inventory, a decent inventory. So uh, if you're looking for your fishing stuff, you know we got a bunch of it, so and we're getting more in next week or this coming week. so uh, take advantage of that if you can't find what you need at some of the other stores. Make sure you stop at the Sherpers in uh, Hales' Corners. Anyway um, you got anything else, Danny right now? Uh, I'm sorry. Come again. Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? I got to I got to go
3: look at. Right you. now right look. now I I got to see not... what
2: you're doing. I'm looking at you right now.
3: Well, right now it
2: <laughs> sounds like you're speaking from the bottom of Lake Michigan so oh. I can hardly hear okay. you. Okay. How is this better now if I That's better now. Yeah, okay. See if I keep See I, you didn't know it. I'm looking right at you now. Do you know that? Look what? over at your window. See, there you go. <laughs> I'm waving to him, and he's shaking his head. (laughs) He's busy looking at his computer. What are you looking at over there anyway?
3: Okay, well, I got a couple of different things here, Tom. Um, I did get a copy of uh, this year's 2020 Wisconsin Hunting and Trapping Seasons. Now, as you know, there's been a lot of changing deer season structure, but I think that's all for 2021, Tom, because this is all looking like the same, same old, same old uh for deer archery and crossbow starts september 12th and uh the youth hunt again is october 10th and 11th then there's a hunt for hunters with disability october 3rd through the 11th gun we got the traditional 21st to the 29th so uh that that kind of that kind of stinks because that's going to be post rut there so muzzle loader they got the next week and then they got the antlerless hunt after and then that holiday hunt so pretty much same old same old tom
2: um, but there were some changes in, in fishing and some of the lakes around us around here. Like, uh, we had a listener inform us a few weeks back when I was giving the wrong information. So, but you know what? That's why we have very, uh, informed listeners that, uh, w- they're not afraid to correct us or shall I say me if we, or shall I say me, uh, if we're wrong <laughs> or if I'm wrong, um, so that's good. I'm glad they're keeping us on our toes, you know, because you know now, Tom, we're not perfect. We're not perfect.
3: They're astute, Tom. They're very, very astute, greatly yes.
2: knowledgeable and learned, mm-hmm. with many years under their belts. That's true. A lot of them are. A lot of we have a. You know, it's funny. You know, there are a lot of good fishermen in the Upper Midwest. You know, in uh, Wisconsin. I mean, you go out to any lake on a weekend, and you'll see. Uh, not just bass boats, all different kinds of boats, but guys, people out there chucking lures. some of them using slip-offers, you know, fishing for all different kinds of fish. And, and, and I like to see that, you know, that's, people are really where I saw, uh, last week I saw there were two boats on the lake and there were four fellas in each boat, two in the front, two in the back in each boat. What I don't understand is when you got one of these twenty-foot bass boats, and let's say there's two guys fishing, why are both guys standing next to each other in the front of the boat? You ever see that, Dan? Um, um... You gotta pay attention, because you will see it if you're out on the water. If you see a bass boat with two guys, both of them are usually standing up front, next to each other. Well, here's the problem: when
3: you're when when you're the backseat backseat uh, boat, I won't say the word, but you're the backseat boat guy, and you got the the guy who owns the boat up front driving it, what they're naturally going to do is they're going to be casting to all the prime spots uh, before you can get to it, and then you're stuck with sloppy seconds in the back back there, so I think that's why you'd see a guy want to run up front so his buddy isn't hogging all the fish.
2: Yeah, that's probably why. But I'll tell you what though, I've been in that situation many a times when I used to fish these uh, individual draw tournaments where you fish with a, a different person from like a different state each day, you know, and uh, and then you gotta share the front of the boat half of the time. But the thing is is that the guy in the front of the boat can't hit every spot. Okay? If you're on a if you're on a big dock, whether L shape or T shape, he cannot hit every spot because he'd have to be, like, stopped in one position. But the thing okay. is, they'll never stop in, in one place, you know, to do that because they want to be fishing as much water as possible. So they'll never hit every spot. So you, the guy in the back of the boat has his opportunities. Okay. And not only that, but a lot of times, you know, let's say the guy in the front of the boat is fishing, uh, let's say, close to shore, cast casting in, and he's not doing well. Well, that tells the guy in the back of the boat, cast away from shore, cast the other way, because the fish might be out there, or maybe they just aren't biting at all, but so, the thing is, is the guy in the back of the boat does have opportunities. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. my turn now. So, okay. I know what okay. you're <laughs> saying,
3: I, from the bottom of the lake again. Um, okay.
2: Still in the bottom. Okay. Say something again, I'll see if oh, I can Oh, okay, I... If I hold the phone a little bit further away, I think it sounds better, doesn't it? No, nope, not to no, me, how but about hopefully this? it's
3: not messed up to our listeners. So anyway, what I was going to oh, say was this. Okay. Sure, the guy in the back hit some spots that maybe the guy in the front can't okay. hit, but the guy in the front still going to hit those prime spots before you do. Oh, I yeah. used to fish with Steve Milliet up on Lake of the Woods, and uh, it was really comical because he'd get in fights with... Uh, well, they went getting in fights, but Scott Olson would be fishing, another one of my buddies. And Steve would get mad because Scott would be in the back of the boat, and he'd be casting forward to hit those spots, and Steve would be telling him, you know, cast back, I'm leaving spots open for you. Now, maybe he's leaving some spots open for you, but you still don't have the prime spots. And one of the funniest stories, years ago, my brother Tim was fishing with Steve up in Lake of the Woods and they came wheeling into a new spot, and Tim had his can of soda, and right when Steve put the patrolling motor down and hit the spot, and they're still kind of drifting to a stop slowly, um, Tim spilled the soda accidentally. Oh so no. So he, he grabs oh. the soda and tips it up right, right away, but there's just a tiny little bit of soda on the carpet. Now anybody who knows how anal Steve was with his boat, <laughs> which was a good thing because he kept it clean and could sell it for high price. Um, he immediately goes and grabs a sponge and starts, on his knees, he's cleaning the f- carpet. What, immediately when he does that, my brother Tim launches the first cast in the new spot. Bang, hooks a muskie. So while Steve's on his hands and knees, he goes, got one. And then Steve looks up and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, now I see what you're doing, Okay. So he thought that Tim had done it on purpose.
2: <laughs> oh, that's funny. And you're right, Steve was uh, pretty anal about his boat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely.
3: Never saw a guy, you had to like almost take your shoe, like walking into some people's houses where you got to take your shoes off to go walk yeah. on the carpet. That yeah. was kind of his attitude with the boat.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, well, at one time uh, he made me check my shoes. You know, he checked them, make sure they didn't were all full of sand or anything, you know. And, of course, I couldn't smoke in his boat. Oh, no, never, no, no none of that. So, But I was going to say that uh, you're right, though. The guy in the front of the boat does have first shot at the best spots, without a doubt. But you know what? If, if you're fishing, you know, like a lot of our listeners, you know, they fish the team tournaments that we have around in the state and around here. You know, but you got to remember it doesn't matter in a team tournament who catches the fish. As long as you have enough to win, you know that that's the main part. You know, it You know, some guys they feel. I mean, one time I was in a tournament on Big Cedar with a fella, and it was a team tournament, and I was in the front of the boat, and yeah, and I was getting lucky, and I was in the front taking the prime spots, and I caught the limit of fish, he didn't catch any. Well, it wasn't that it, all me. It was because I wasn't really giving him the opportunity, you know, to get in some of these good spots. But I figured it doesn't matter who catches them. As long as, you know, we do well. And we did do well. And he felt guilty because he didn't put any fish in a boat. And I told him, don't feel guilty. It's a team event. I was taking all the good spots. You were checking all these other spots around just in case. I said, so it's no reason to feel guilty about anything like that. You know, definitely not. So you
3: know, one hey, thing you you know what
2: time it is, Dan?
3: Yeah, I'm going to mention yeah. real quick, though. Yeah. One thing you mentioned about casting out. Uh, whenever people fish, they always want to cast to a shoreline or to an right. island. And a lot of times, casting out to a weed bed is what you want to do. So sometimes having an inside-out approach with two guys, I
2: think, you're covering exactly. more water. Exactly. And you know what's funny, Dan, how the people in the boat are always casting towards shore, and the people on shore are casting out into the lake? <laughs> everybody's going in opposite directions. Well, anyway, we well, got go to go to a break. the guys on
3: shore don't have <laughs>
2: much of a choice. Yeah, they don't have a choice. <laughs> That's right, they don't. They want to turn around and cast to the gray squirrel and the oak behind them. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't work. All right, got to go to a break, and coming up next is the gut report. So uh, stay tuned for that. And, uh, well, we got more to come, so don't change that dial. You know, sit back, have a cup of coffee. Relax, enjoy yourself on this 4th of July weekend. You're going to have a beautiful day for it. I hope you got your meals planned. And I got something planned for today. So, and I'm going to tell you about what I can put on it. So stay tuned for more.
4: Come here, I'm
5: going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my
2: belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, you know, folks. This week, actually today, I'm going to be making as part of our meal, corn on the cob. I like corn on the cob. Who doesn't like corn on the cob, right? We all like it. And I like it the traditional way with, you know, with butter, salt and pepper. You know, yes, of course, I like it like that a lot. It's really good. But have you ever tried this? Now, I gave you this recipe years ago. I was looking for it this morning, but it's in another stack of recipes at home but basically it's mayonnaise, lime juice, grated Parmesan Parmesan cheese, and optionally you can put in uh, chili powder. I'm telling you, you mix that up, put it on the corn and eat it that with that. It's a totally different experience. Like I said, I still like the butter, but I also like this as well. So happy 4th of July to you. And if you're making corn today, give it a try. I think you'll like it. Guess what? It's Discount Liquor's 60th year in business. It's kind of like a birthday for them. No other liquor store has been local and original family-owned for that many years. There's a reason they've been in business that long. Price, service, and selection. So go to DiscountLiquorInc.com for weekly specials. Thanks.
4: back
3: to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Dan Bush along with Tommy the True Newbauer, And uh, hopefully, Tom, they'll be trying your delicious, nutritious corn on the cob recipe. Was that a corn on the cob one you gave? Yes, yes. Now, yes. I don't see the corn quite up and ready to go here in Wisconsin.
2: Uh, oh, well, maybe not in Wisconsin, but the first... The first corn that we receive here in Wisconsin is from Georgia, and then it starts move as the as it gets later in the season, it starts moving up its way, you know, uh, up the country. Uh, but but per, you know, it won't be too much longer. Uh, maybe another month or so we'll be getting Wisconsin corn. But yeah, I know what you mean. Maybe uh, not until August, you know. And I've been seeing a lot of cornfields that. They're looking about about two feet high. It's kind of hard to tell as you're driving by exactly how tall they are, but, but yeah, that first stuff is from down south, you know. And I got some excellent corn uh, the other day. It was uh, beautiful looking corn. So, I'm looking forward to that today. I'm looking well, forward to a nice relaxing day.
3: When I look uh, when I look out on the cornfields, it's kind of my psychological progression through where early in the summer I see it just knee high and then by the end of the summer I see it tall and I realize that my summer is over and fall is upon us. It's, uh, I, I used to hate to see the corn high because that meant uh, my summer was over and I had to go back to back to work but this year it's a different story there Tom so uh, it's going to be <laughs> kind of weird. Okay, One thing somebody told me years ago about corn tell me if this is true being as you're like a corn expert uh, no, I who doubt it. known? <laughs> who would have known? who asked 10 people where do we get the first corn from who would have known out of 10 people it came from Georgia other than you Tom so being well, as you are a corn expert <laughs> uh, somebody told me you can tell the difference between sweet corn and field corn by looking at the tassel at the top of the uh, top of the plant if it's lighter colored i think it's sweet corn if it's not as light it's field corn is that true
2: uh, I'm since I'm not a corn expert, I do not know that answer. What? You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I'm, a, hey, I'm an expert in eating you're, corn. You're, <laughs> That's what I'm an expert lying. in.
3: You're not no, telling the truth. You're just being I, modest again because you don't no, want to show me up.
2: No, no, I, uh, I, I'm i an expert in eating it. I really enjoy eating it. I, and I probably eat it too fast because it's so darn good. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it, that's for sure. But I'm no, I never heard that about the tassels. Maybe one yeah, of our callers, listeners. Look, yeah, one of
3: our, I'm sure one of, our, one of our callers, greatly learned and knowledgeable like you, Tom, can call. But it's, yeah, you got the, uh, the tassel. I don't know why, why you'd call it a tassel. It's the little stuff that's on top yeah. of the corn stock at the very top. Yeah. But if it's a lighter colored, I've heard it's corn, as opposed to the field corn. Uh, one type of animal that loves corn other than deer are squirrels. And if you can find a a field full of corn, and especially sweet corn, I've actually had squirrels that I'd find on top of the stalks of the corn. If it's still standing in a field on the edge of the woods, I'll I'll be hunting quietly along a wood's edge, and all of a sudden there's no wind, but you see this... Corn of stock, well, or stock of corn swaying, well, a two-pound fox squirrel yeah. is really going to bend that son of a gun. Yeah. But, yeah. but they'll they'll launch themselves off off the corn cob and hit the ground running towards the trees, pretty doggone quick once they spot
2: you. Right. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. That's four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. If you have a answer to the age-old question as far as the tassels on the top of corn what's sweet, and what's field. Well, did you know, have, Danny, have you ever eaten corn raw, shuck it, and just start eating it with nothing on it? Have you ever tried it?
3: Uh, no, I've I've never been on that show, Naked and Afraid. So if I were, I'd probably eat some raw corn, but no, I have not well, done that.
2: You'd be surprised how sweet and how good it is. With nothing on it, it is, it is actually very good. One time... Um, I was going out fishing with my oldest son and one of his friends, and in a little plastic bag, I had some shucked corn, all right? It was totally raw, not cooked or nothing, and it was shucked corn. And uh, so about, you know, four hours into fishing, I said, hey, I got a treat for you guys, a little snack. And I brought out this corn on the cob, and they looked at me like... Like I was from another world, right? And 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 I said, just try it. See what you think. Just you know. And I started chewing on one, and I said, no, you go ahead, just try it. Well, you know, they tried it, and they said, you know what? That's not bad. And so you know, I'm just giving people, telling people, if you never tried it, try it once. You know, before you throw it on the grill or whatever, take a bite out of it, see what you think. You'd be surprised. It's, yeah, it's very very sweet, very juicy. It's very good. So anyway, well, how so about, that's that. How,
3: how about what they used to call Indian corn, but that's probably not correct now. you got to probably call it Native American corn.
2: No, it's called maize.
3: Maize, okay. Maize, yeah. That sounds like a native term, maize.
2: Yeah, well, I don't know if it's native or not, but I know it doesn't sound uh, Latin. It, once it, it, once it uh, was dried out and then it could be ground into uh, a cornmeal and uh, made different things out of it, you know. So
3: why is it not good for well I guess I's probably the same reason field corn's not as good as sweet corn cuz it's not as tasty I guess
2: huh I I don't know I guess so I guess that that might be true yeah that might be I am not sure but do you have your uh, hornswoggle questions all worked out Of course I have my hornswoggle yeah. questions worked good. out because we better let people know that after this break, we're going to be playing the Hornschwagel. And it's brought to you by Carl's Country Market out there in Menominee Falls. It's uh, on the corner of Pilgrim Road and Silver Spring. If you're looking for sausages, oh my goodness, do they have homemade, award-winning sausages. They're excellent. And all kinds of meat and everything that you're looking for in a in a, in a butcher shop. They've got it. And of course, it's brought to you by also by uh, bait made fish attractants and Coleman insect repellents. So uh, you can win a really nice uh, couple of prizes if you win the horn swoggle, which means Danny's going to make three statements. You're going to say if it's a horn swoggle or no horn swoggle, which means is it right? Is it wrong? You know. But of course, you know Danny's going to try pulling your leg a few times. So just what you got to listen carefully to the questions. Isn't that right, Dan?
3: That's correct, and uh, yeah. if you've won within the last couple weeks, try and give somebody else a chance. I'm sure we'll have lots of people calling in now. 799-1250, so it's great. You, you get we got two sponsors of the Hornschwaggle, and, and you get two prizes. I mean, uh, you can't
2: that. Yeah, that's right. So 799-1250, call now, be a contestant. We'll be right back. You can play the Hornschwaggle. We're brought to you by Bait Made Fish Attractants. Stay tuned for more.
3: Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for joining us this beautiful 4th of July weekend. And right now we have the most awaited segment of our exciting two-hour show, Riding the Crazy Train, here. We've got the Hornswoggle segment. And do we have a potentially lucky wiener on the line there, Sam? Yes, we do. we got
2: Tom in Newburgh today. Hey, Tom. How are you doing? Good morning, Tom.
3: Hello?
2: Hello? There he is.
3: There I am. (laughs) Okay, there I am. Well, I don't know where I am, but if somebody (laughs) knows, let me know, please. Okay, so here we go. you got to get two out of three be a winner. Okay, Uh, I've been talking a little bit about the upcoming hunting season coming this fall. And other than waterfowl, other than waterfowl, there's only two game birds that are regulated in the state of Wisconsin, pheasant and grouse schwaggle or no Hornschwaggle? That's a
5: schwaggle.
3: That's a Hornschwaggle. Hey. Yeah. Very good. Hey. Very good. <laughs> uh, either, either any of you guys, including you, Sam. You you know you're you're a smart college guy. I think. Uh, anybody know how many game birds they have listed on on the regulations? Oh my goodness.
1: Uh, a shot. Come I on. Can, I can guess.
3: Okay, guess, Sam. Uh, five. Oh close Sam the college look at the college guy hey. right away. How about Tom can 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 Sam beat Tom the guy who knows everything uh, about corn?
2: I'll say six I'm gonna go ahead you were Tom oh you're you're Tom.
3: I'm Tom too Yeah well let's how about Tom number one said six what's Tom number two say? Well,
5: that's what
2: Tom
5: Number Two was going to say. <laughs> oh, oh well,
3: you're just doing that because you know he's a genius, hey? Eh? No. Um, he can't be right, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, Tom and Tom, you're both correct. Uh, six. Yeah. Now uh, here's the even even bigger challenge. We're kind of getting off the track, but who cares? Uh, can Can you name those six?
2: I don't want to try. How about you, Tom?
3: I'll we already that, got two. You only got to come up with four, you guys. We already said pheasant and rough grouse.
5: Pheasant, rough grouse. Yep. Turkey.
3: Okay, um, turkey. I guess turkey. I shouldn't have. They, they've got turkey. Turkey's listed under something other than game birds, so we won't count turkey. Oh.
2: Okay, let's go with woodcock, goose, yeah. and nice. uh, woodcock, goose. Uh, Snipe? Well, no, I Snipe? Think, oh, Snipe. No, Oh no, is craned.
3: woodcock, isn't it?
2: No. Uh, no. You uh, know what? Crane is crane, one of them, Danny.
3: Well, I'll, I'll read you the list I got. But now that I think about it, this list that I have from the DNR doesn't is it doesn't mention the woodcock. But here's what they got: they got the pheasant and grouse. But then it has bobwhite quail, oh, yeah. Hungarian Hungarian partridge. Uh, that's one that a lot of people would forget. We used to have a lot of those up in Brown County back in the day. And sharp-tailed grouse and crow. Those are the ones that got listed. So I don't you know mean, why. You mean
2: cranes aren't
3: protected? Oh, you know you know why they don't have uh, woodcock listed there? Those are right. listed under the migratory birds.
2: Oh, I see. Migratory.
3: Yeah, so they got those under the migratory birds along with the uh, waterfowl okay So yeah in turkey here, I guess,
2: some, huh?
3: yeah i guess being as people don't shoot turkeys on the fly they don't consider him a game <laughs> i don't know why all right well
2: okay tom has got one right answer let's see okay, how we tom, can do
3: we'll try and get this done before we all die of old age i'll shut up here and keep rolling okay um small game there are two zones for gray and fox squirrel uh, a, a northern zone and a southern zone, southern zone opens earlier. Northern zone opens later for squirrels.
5: Yeah, as far as I know.
3: So I you're, they're saying they're no they're hornschwa- right. you're saying no Hornschwaggle? you
5: you're saying no hornswoggle? No hornswoggle.
3: Okay, that was a hornswoggle. The mm-hmm. the northern and southern zone is for cottontail rabbits. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah yeah. So okay, but wow. you got you're one out of two. Yeah. One out of two. And, uh, okay, so um, uh, talking about uh, game birds, started a new season this year for pheasants, open only to those shooting wrist rocket slingshots. Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle? Oh, my gosh. That is a real... I... Think about it, slingshot in the air.
5: Slingshot, yeah, they got they got archery and stuff, but uh, the slingshot one, I'm going to go, that's a horn
2: schwaggle. That is indeed a horn schwaggle. Tom, if yeah. you would have missed that one, I would have banned you from this show for a month. <laughs> well, you know, they got so many crazy <laughs> other rules and regs, I'm thinking to myself, you got to be kidding
5: me. If they yeah, do well, that.
2: <laughs> you, you, you know what, Tom? You're right. The DNR does come up with some different ones every now and then. So, yeah, that, that yeah. almost could have been a no-horn <laughs> that, right. That's all I mean, that's,
3: al- that's almost as crazy as taking a spear and trying to kill a hog those rednecks do down south. Like trying to kill a what? Hog.
2: Oh, a hog with a spear. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Why so, not? You know, go after Why them not? With what the, the heck? Yeah. (laughs) So, well, Tom, congratulations! You're a winner. Thank you. Yeah, you're going
3: to get a ten-dollar. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, you will get the ten-dollar gift certificate. And Baitmate will get you a prize package. And just make sure that Sam I am, if he hasn't done so already, has your address. All right. Excellent. Hey, are you guys doing uh, reports at all? Uh,
5: Sure.
3: uh, Just curious.
5: uh, Wondering what you've heard. If anything, about uh, the Lake Michigan uh, fishing like uh, in particular, I'm up in the Port Washington area. Have they been I, starting to
2: nail them, or has it been they a are season? I heard or? that they are catching them. They're going out a little bit further. This uh, warm weather has warmed up the water a little bit closer to shore, so it's a lot of the fish are out a little bit further. Uh, as far as the Port Washington area, I haven't heard much about that. Okay. Uh, but I know, but you know, if they're if they're out a little further here, they're going to be out a little further up there by you. So
6: yeah, pretty much everywhere. I, I,
2: yeah. Yeah, and uh, so you know, the charter captains uh, they couldn't guide for a while, you know, with the virus right. and all that. So uh, they just started a few weeks ago, uh, but what I've heard is very promising and looking very good. So thank you. All right, well. Good luck to you. Thanks. Okay. Bye, Tom. All right. You there, Danny?
3: Yeah. And
2: okay. uh, just to kind of reiterate,
3: what, um, the, the reports, when I was following it about a month ago, it sound like, sounded like late May was kind of iffy. Uh, reports in a couple weeks since then seem to be getting better. But one thing it does seem is that uh, guys seem to be going out deeper and all over the place. Uh, out there, It seems like they're in full search mode now, so it doesn't sound like there's any easy concentration where you can launch at McKinley and just head out to the towers or whatever and everybody hang out in 70 feet of water. It sounds like guys are going way the heck out there and, uh, and finding
2: fish. Yeah, you know, one time many years ago, I went with a fellow I knew. Uh, he had a larger boat, and we, we were out, I forget how many miles, but we were out far enough that I could not see land. And I'll tell you what, Danny, I don't like that. (laughs) I want to be able to see where the shoreline is. I did not like being out that far. I guess I'm not a, uh, I I don't know, what do you ever call me? I'm not an ocean person or whatever. I'm not a... I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be good on one of those old ocean-going vessels. Vessels back in the 1500s. I wouldn't. Christopher. Mean.
3: Christopher Columbus never would have yeah. made
2: Tom Newbauer. Nope. A first mate. I never mate. would have went with him. Nope, Even though would you went. would have had great skills planting corn. Yeah. Right. But I never <laughs> would have went with him. No. Well, uh, Sam, what do we got? A couple minutes. So we got to go to a break for the top of the hour. Sam. Sam, well, I am. Well,
1: what's up? Sorry, I was just getting uh, Tom's info.
2: Oh, do we have to go to a break in a couple minutes for top of the hour?
1: Yeah, we got about two minutes. All right, well, then let's
2: go to the top of the hour break, and uh, we'll be right back with the second hour. How's that sound to you, Dan? It sounds fine, buddy. All right, well, we're brought to you by Bait Made Fish Attractants here on 105.7 FM, The Fan, and 1250 AM. We'll be right
0: back from Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. <laughs> You're on the crazy train. <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free
1: And I won't
0: forget the man who died Who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up next
1: to you And defend her still today Cause there ain't no
0: doubt I love this land God bless the
2: USA That's right, folks. Danny and I both are proud to be Americans, and I'm sure if you're listening to this show, so do you. What does July 4th mean to you? Well, it means a lot to me. You know, I think about many years ago we fought a foreign nation for our freedom, and I appreciate that freedom. Yes, this nation wasn't perfect, and yes, we are still working things out, but it's the best damn country in the world. We are free men and women with a Constitution and a Bill of Rights to guide us. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. And if you don't like this country, and if you don't appreciate this country and what you have, then get the hell out. If you think you'll find someplace better, then go, and Godspeed. Good morning, this is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, brought to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live, we are unrehearsed, and you can tell that just by listening to the show. If you want to get in touch with us, give us a call at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. He's Dan Bush, I'm Tom Neubauer. We got the amiable Sam Schmitz on the board. Hey Sam, I have meant to ask you, do you have a girlfriend? No, I do not as of now you looking for one? <laughs> I mean, I guess. maybe we could. Maybe me and Danny could set you up here. Listen, you know? t- Tom, <laughs> guys, I, was, I, I never like the. I was always
3: looking for a girlfriend, right? Maybe not one for like, like life, but maybe for that week or that day.
1: Right. I, I like it to be a little more that natural. though. I never like the uh, the setup between no, know, okay. friends and all that, but I appreciate it.
2: Well. Uh, There is something I do have to tell you guys about. Studio 360 Photo, located in Pewaukee, Wisconsin, is your one-stop shop for professional photography, video productions, and a whole lot more. Nearly 40 years of experience in the field and can help you with your project no matter what the size. Located in a beautiful brand-new studio in downtown Pewaukee, Dave Olson is offering several new specials Update your social media and professional business portrait. (laughs) Bushy, it's time to update your dating site profile. Whatever. Also, also class of 2021 high school senior photo sessions and all prints products are 50% off as well. Give Dave Olson a call at 262-227-3354 or check out his website at studio360photo.net. And, by the way, if you're looking to buy advertising on the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, I'm going to call Dave Olson, too. He does that for us. So <laughs> he's the program manager. Uh, he's the ma- uh, advertising manager. So, But good photography work. He's been doing it 40 years. Just imagine that, Danny, 40 years. Same yep. job. Wow. He's Long good time. at what he does.
3: He did a beautiful, uh, 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 Troy Woodrow uh, paid him to take a picture that Troy had taken of John before he passed and it's a picture of John up on his deck, and he made a real nice kind of a deal. And there's kind of a kind of a statement there. I give that to Loie, and I gave it to Loie yesterday, and she really likes it and is going to put it up. And and uh, John's friend Greg from from Minnesota, <coughs> an old friend who worked with him at PAFS, he he called, had me call Dave and ordered him one as well. So Dave does some very good work over there. So uh, again, uh, especially I mentioned somebody who just graduated from high school college whatever and you want to kind of give them something nice give Dave a call and he'll set them up with some beautiful
2: uh some beautiful artwork in their honor yeah you also want to give them something nice give them a nice cob of corn yeah that's always nice
3: well actually Tom (laughs) likes the
2: corn better (laughs) right
3: now we would like Tom, Tom what I want you to do is leave a wheelbarrow sitting outside your house yeah, and and that'll be your corn drop-off, and people can drop off the sweet corn for Tom.
2: Oh, there you go. I know. I think I think somebody might steal my uh, wheelbarrow if I just leave it out there.
3: I you don't want to take
2: any chances. Knowing
3: you, you probably got an old broken wheelbarrow with a flat tire that you can't aff- just can't get rid of because you don't want to buy a new one.
2: So. hey speaking of that, you know those you know what a dolly is, a wheel dolly that you used to use to move refrigerators yep, and stoves yep. and things like that? I've got one in the garage and it has two flat tires. <laughs> you know,
3: I I was on a bike ride a while ago and there was a house that had some stuff sitting out, outside by the street and they just had a little box that you'd honor box to put money in, and they had this beautiful nice dolly with not without the flat tires up for sale for five bucks. Um, oh wow. Yeah. Sure, if you went to buy one new at a hardware store, I don't know what they'd cost, but it sure would be a lot more than five bucks. But I didn't really have a need for a dolly at this moment or a place to put
2: it. So Well, I don't I don't I haven't used it in so many years, and that's why I think the tires are flat. Because nowadays you get a, a you move a refrigerator or a stove or anything like that, you, you use straps that go two two guys Two straps, goes underneath the the item, the appliance, you can take it anywhere. You don't need a dolly anymore. You ever see somebody deliver a refrigerator now? It's amazing. It's amazing. They use straps. No more dealers anymore. No more dollies, I mean, anymore. You don't need them.
3: Yeah, but, you know, those straps, that can't, that's got to be a young, I think for an old guy, a dolly would be better.
2: Well, I mean if I don't got know, straps because... like
3: they're still lifting something. It's not like oh, it's a yeah. hydraulic still strap lifting. or anything.
2: Yeah, it's all on your shoulders though. And uh, it's it's yeah, I see the, you see these guys do it, and yeah, they are young guys doing that. That's that's a young man's job. Give me a But dollar it just like looks anything. so darn easy, you know? Oh yeah, they uh, make it's
3: so all easy till somebody, you know, tries it and blows their back out. Hey, uh <laughs> I got some information there, uh, Tom, uh, as far as, I don't know if, you know, if our station and 1250 WSSP has talked much about, well, they probably have about the upcoming NFL season and what's going to happen there. But I got a notice, being as I'm a Green Bay Packers season ticket holder and I'm a very important VIP, I got uh, information from them. Now, of course, I had to send in my payment up front for the even though my friend always goes cuz I'm too lazy to drive up there or friends I should say but it's they're talking about with the they're going to reduce the capacity and it says with the significantly reduced capacity should should fans be able to attend games it says we unfortunately cannot guarantee that the general bowl and club seats will be able to reserve tickets and they're also eliminating the green and gold package designations um, as well as suspending the Brown County Ticket Drawing Program. So, they've given you an option, or they're going to give season ticket holders an option where you can opt in or opt out. If you opt out, either have your payment refunded or credited towards next year. If you opt in, you're going to be included in the process to somehow try and get the tickets. So I don't know what they're going to do, Tom. Are they just going to have half the amount of people in the stadium sitting every other seat, or what? It's it's really kind of a strange situation right now.
2: That's what it sounds like. About every, actually up there, it would have to be every third or fourth seat. But I can I can I could see them doing that. Yeah, and the, and it might be won't even maybe won't even be half. It might be a third or a fourth. You know. Um, but, yeah, this is, God, this is such a strange year with this virus and that. The other know?
3: thing, Tom, the other thing they did was they mailed me a Green Bay Packer face mask. I got it new in the wrapper, but they sent that out, and it's, 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 it's. it's man, maybe I can get Brett Favre to autograph it for me. Just leave yeah. it new in the package, and 50 years from now, maybe it'll be worth something. But they're obviously... People once they do go back being as everybody loves wearing Packer attire to a Packer game, they're obviously pushing that yo face mask mask thing if they're sending out you know free face masks to 80,000 people.
2: Well I, I heard on the radio on 12:50 a.m. the other day on I think it was on the Bart Winkler show or Bill Michaels show yeah that or the big show is one of those shows uh, that they are gonna require face masks.
1: Yeah, it is required. It, oh, that's why they did go, send those Sam. out. So you, you know, if you do, if they end up allowing people at Lambo, you will have to wear those.
2: And and what happens, Sam, if you don't wear them?
1: Let's they say you got pulled down
2: to your chin. Well, that's no, a good question. let's say you gotta, Let's say you're wearing them when you get in, but then once you're sitting down, they pull it down. You pull it down to your chin. Are they going to come and like throw you out?
1: I think if you well. I mean, first of all, props to the Packers for actually acknowledging this stuff. They're the first team in the NFL to actually, like, set precautions if fans, like, are allowed in the stadium. Oh, okay. Um, But, man, it's a tricky topic because I think you'd be okay if you're just staying in your seat. But I think once you get up and you start walking in the atrium and all that, then I think you you would have to put it on, just from my thought.
2: Otherwise, the Gestapo will come and throw you out.
1: Well, how about, like, how do you –
3: you have to pull it down to sip your beer, and a lot of guys That's like to right. have, drink a lot of beer there. And how about the poor vendor, the guy who goes up and down and goes, cold beer here, cold beer here. Okay, now he's going to be, oh, here, here, oh, here, because he's got a face <laughs> mask
2: on. Yeah, and can you imagine the cheering is going to be all muffled, you know, the well, muffled cheering.
3: All I got to say is this. Uh, if if sporting events turn into nothing but a bunch of political protests, you can count on me not being there or watching on Sunday, and I'll be out
2: hunting or fishing instead. Amen to that, brother. I was just that's talking about that say. the other day. Yep, if they start with all this political baloney, that's it. I won't watch another game. As a matter of fact, I'm even thinking of writing Roger Goodell a letter telling him what an idiot he is, and he's not worth $40 million a year. Hell, I'll do the job for half the price.
3: Yeah, that guy makes, what, eight mil?
2: I don't know how many million. He's no, he, he makes over $40 million a jet year. Too.
3: Yeah, Man-o, he man. makes over
2: $40 million a year, plus he's got a free office, he's got free travel, his own private jet to use, the use of. Yeah, give me a break, and what does the guy do? I don't, that guy's a knob.
1: Well, so, only... Do you feel the same way, Sam? Well, it could be worse. He <laughs> could be the baseball commissioner, Rob Manfred. That guy's I been think, dragging the sport through the mud.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think they're in the same uh, in the same club, you know, you know, they're in the same club.
1: How does a guy get to be a?
3: It, you have to be like some lawyer to begin with, and then somehow yeah. schmooze with a bunch of owners, and then you just position yourself to get voted in, yep. uh, being a, a commissioner, and all you do is sit on your arse and make you know multi millions a year. I. I um, mean that's almost like becoming a U.S. congressman. We do have just to just get in there and make a bunch of money for nothing.
1: We do have to acknowledge at the end of April he did give up his forty million dollar salary for this year. Oh, he did. Because oh. of everything that's been happening with the pandemic.
2: Okay. And how many years has he been commissioner? Oh, that's what do
1: you good, think, Sam? Uh, well, he's been commissioner damn near my whole life. I, I would have to look it so, up, but I would probably so would, say. 10-plus years at least. Okay,
2: 10, 10 years Wasn't at $40 million it, million a year, that's $400 million he's made. So I think he can give up one season, right? Yeah.
3: It's, it's, yeah. it's not like... Uh, well, you know what, when these guys do it, it's like, <coughs> it, when these guys do it, Tom, it, it's kind of like the, the parable that Jesus did in the Bible about the Pharisees who made a great show about walking up to the offering plate and putting all their gold and silver in there, and then when nobody was looking, this. The, little, the, the widow, the woman, runs and qu- quietly throws a few cents in there. And, and Jesus said, you know who gave more? Not that Pharisee putting all that money and making a great show. It's the, little, the person who hardly has anything giving. And so some of That's these right. people, it's nice that they do it. I think we got a lot of virtue signaling going on in this country, though, too, where people do things and say things. So, um, yeah, I, I think if you really want to do something to help other people... There's lots of people working in the inner city, working in schools, working in public service, really helping people instead of just talking about it all the time.
1: He first started being commissioner in 2006. And he took over, was it Paul Taglia? Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And before that, it was Pete Rosell, right?
2: I mean,
1: that was
3: before I
2: was born, so I assume so. Yeah. So 2006, wow, he's been commissioner for 14 years. Wow.
3: Yeah, Pete Roselle was one. back when I was dating your
2: grandmother, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> take your word for that. All right, we gotta go to a break, folks. Mr. If Two. you got any questions or comments, <laughs> 799-1250. If you got any complaints, talk to Sam. He'll handle that. We'll be right back with more of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. <laughs>
4: To,
3: to the Skibberbuds Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We are mate fish attractant, Coleman insect repellents, and Tom, so far this year I haven't had many problems with the old mosquitoes. I haven't, I haven't had to use any repellent. I don't know how it's going
2: in your yard. I haven't seen one by me at all. Yeah, Not just, a one. Uh, just amazing. Hey, yeah.
3: um, I was uh, getting information. I picked up some regulations and some information from the DNR and they got a new publication it's titled CWD in Wisconsin Enjoy the Hunt, Protect the Herd Slow the Spread and uh, it it has some decent information in here now one of the things we've always heard is that you know if you see a deer that looks sick you know that uh, you know might want to report that or you know be careful with it it might have CWD but I mean how do you tell if a deer looks sick? Well, they've got some information here. It says drastic weight loss, diminished muscle tone. So basically, if it looks like it's Anorexic. drooping head and ears. So that's a new one. I never heard that one. Drooping head and ears. No fear of humans. Excessive salivation and poor coordination and noticeable weakness. So those are kind of the signs. But the other thing that was interesting is, you know how they've got these kiosks, Tom? You've heard how on the state now you drop off the head.
2: Yeah. kind of like yeah.
3: to do it yourself. Okay. So now I don't know how this is going to work, but it says participate in adopt a kiosk and adopt a dumpster. Uh, it says individuals or organizations can support hunters in deer herd health sponsoring a kiosk or carcass disposal dumpster through adopt a kiosk and adopt a dumpster program so i wonder how that works so like if i decide i want to adopt a dumpster i have to pay for the dumpster but they'll put white jaw guide service on the side of the dumpster
2: (laughs) i don't know if they'll even do that dan i don't
3: know i'm just wondering i mean is this a way to get people to pay for a dumpster
2: yeah I, i imagine it is well, I'll you know, tell the, you, the DNR is trying every way they can to save money, you know. So, Next I mean, thing I, you know, I don't we'll, have a problem with that. You know, it doesn't hurt to try.
3: Next you thing you know,
2: they
3: on the street corners, the end of their driveway, selling lemonade.
2: Yeah, for the DNR. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like I said, Sundays you know, it does it does cost a lot of money. The DNR does cost a lot of money, and uh, so of course, you know, they're trying to. Make it up wherever they can here and there, and so, you know, I mean, if the, if the if it works, great. If it doesn't, well, at least they tried, you know, right. so that's well, okay. Well, I guess, I don't you know,
3: talk's problem. cheap. It takes money to buy whiskey, son, so I guess they got to get <laughs> some money one way. Hey, um, <laughs> did you go fishing with your
2: sons last weekend? No, we did not go. My, uh, You know, my oldest son, who I go fishing with, is because uh, there's no room in my middle son's kayak uh, for me. Uh, my oldest son, uh, he uh, got hired as Wauwatosa West's uh, varsity uh, high school basketball coach. So uh, he's—they're going through a lot of stuff right now with the team and whatever. So. I I won't be uh, going with him for maybe about another month, but I'm going to be going with somebody else. So, but yeah. So congrats to to Chris as the Wauwatosa West High School varsity basketball coach. So
3: I'll give a fishing report, Tom. I've I haven't been out a lot, and uh, but I did mention last week that uh, there were a lot of uh, fish suspended in deep water on the west side of Pewaukee, and guys were trolling. Uh, I did go out this week, and I got good news, and I got bad news in my one day of my bad news. Sure. The bad news is we didn't boat any muskies.
2: Okay, well, that that can happen.
3: Yeah, yeah. The good news is we caught three northern pike. Now, one was just your run-of-the-mill little dinker, but the other two pike... With no exaggeration, when I put, not, you know, stretching them with a tape measure or just guesstimating and saying, oh, yeah, that was a 40-incher, I measured one at 36 inches and the other at 35. And I'll tell you what, they both hit like a ton of bricks and fought like crazy. Uh, The 36-incher, you know, nice-looking fish, big head on it. Now, they're not big and fat like in the wintertime. But, man, if there's a bunch of fish like that swimming around out there, ice fishing could be great this upcoming year because you get those fat and full of spawn, man, and you got some that are three feet long, you can get yourself a darn nice pike through the ice.
2: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm think now that you're telling me this, I'm thinking of uh, maybe coming out to Pewaukee and just driving around in circles, you know, with a crankbait out or whatever and hope to luck into one of those big ones. Yeah, that would be nice. Yep, basically, um, I
3: was trolling at about, oh, I don't know, 16, 17 feet, 20 feet plus of water. And they're suspended out there. There's a tons of school, tons of, school of bait fish. Now, we did hook and lose one nice muskie. Uh, the reason I know it was a nice muskie is when it hit, it immediately went to the top of the water and started wallowing on top, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh funny there was a guy with his kid and his wife in a ski boat and they all of a sudden jumped up and looked you know because they saw the things you know on top of the water but you know a lot of people think it's cool when they see a muskie or a fish jumping or you know doing that surface stuff maybe it looks cool but it ain't cool because you lose them when they're thrashing around on top throwing their head around I would rather keep them down deep slugging it out than up on top so we lost that one
2: you know, the same thing holds true for bass fishing too, Dan, is when uh, you got a bass on, they're going to want to jump and shake their head and throw that hook. But if, if you see that line coming up, that's when you shove the tip of the rod down in the water and you keep that fish under the water, not on top of the water. And that's, that's very important. Nowadays, though, I don't care if they jump out, jump off. You know, I don't, I don't care. It just saves me the hassle of unhooking them. You know, so if they jump off, that's fine. I like seeing them jumping out of the water. But if you're, uh, if you want, if you're intent on getting them in the boat, then you better shove the tip of the rod as far down in the water as you can so that they don't jump out of the water. So yeah, that, that does it too. So I remember, you know, when I was younger, Dan, you know, there. I remember my dad, my dad, you know, he wasn't much of a fisherman, but like yours, he enjoyed it. Uh, the easy stuff, you know, cane pole with a bobber and a minnow catching crappies. But one time, uh, I was a little kid and he was casting a bucktail. And uh, I'll never forget, it. he got a, a, a muskie on and it came up on top of the surface. Half of the fish was out of the water, shaking its head, and the bucktail went flying right over the boat. Now, the fish was only probably about 30 feet away. And that bucktail went flying that far on the other side of the boat. And, you know, being a little kid, you know, I didn't know what's going on. And I asked my dad what happened. And he says, well, those muskies, they can turn their mouths inside out and throw those baits. Now, I don't know if my dad was just funning me, you know, or if he really thought that. <laughs> but, of course, you know, we find out later in life uh, the truth about things. So yeah. I found out that well, really I doesn't think it, happen. <laughs>
3: I, I, I know he taught you everything you know about corn, but I think he was funny.
2: <laughs> I think he was, too, yeah. Either that or he, maybe maybe he just heard somebody say that, you know. I don't know. But anyway, we got to go to a break, Danny. Uh, it's almost 7.30 in the a.m. here on a Saturday morning, July 4th, 2020. Boy, the time goes fast, doesn't it? We'll be right back with more, folks. We're brought to you by Bait Made Fish Attractants. This is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Newbauer. Sam Schmitz is on the boards. We'll be right back.
3: Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, happy 4th of July. Make sure you're very careful with those firecrackers. Try not to, you know, like blow your hand off or anything like that. Um, If you're looking for a good sale on slightly used dynamite, Tom has some half sticks, quarter sticks. He'll give it to you for a deal
2: along with a free dolly. Yeah, and on the line right now, we have my oldest son, Chris Neubauer. Uh, the new head coach of the Wauwatosa West Varsity Basketball Team, and not too bad of a fisherman himself. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. So what lake are you on now?
6: Uh, I'm on a secret lake up here in uh, Marinette or Ocano County. I don't even know what you know, county I'm in.
2: <laughs> Chris,
3: the apple doesn't fa- fall too far from the tree there. For years I've been hearing your old man say Lake X, and here you go
2: yourself.
6: Oh, this, this is Lake K.
2: Lake K. <laughs> okay. Well, what what lake were you, were you on the same lake yesterday?
6: No, we didn't fish yesterday. We got up oh, here, uh, we got up here a little late, so Oh. but we got out here at the, you know, crack of dawn and fishing has been great. We got over 20 bass in the boat already.
2: Really? Um, you know, it seems like a lot of those little lakes up there are just loaded with bass.
6: Yeah, this lake here, they uh uh it's 331 acres. And uh, they just changed the regulations on it this year, where they put in a size limit. So anything 14 to 18, you gotta throw back. You're allowed to keep one over 18 or uh, three, I believe it's under 14. Um, and it's loaded with them. It is absolutely loaded with them. Uh, today no. we're catching them on uh, pre-rig plastic worms, is out producing everything else. But we are getting them on some sankos and also tubes.
2: Okay, now uh, Heather is fishing with you.
6: Yes, and she's caught the biggest fish of the day.
2: Oh, yeah. Heather uh, is the owner of Casa Grande Hair Salon. You hear her advertisement on the radio every week. Uh, Is her is her hair looking nice today?
5: Yeah, I'm good.
2: That's the place that
3: waxes your back, right, Tom? (laughs) Yeah, right. But
6: uh, yeah, we're fishing right now. We're just fishing the flats. We're fishing six to ten feet of water above the weeds, and uh, they're in here thick. Wow, hey,
3: when you fair. say when when you say pre-rigged worm, are you talking like worm or Kelly worm or whatever yeah, that? Uh, like? I, I'm okay. using a
6: Kelly worm, and uh, I'm the color I'm using is a uh, natural clear, and uh, I put a, a purple a purple the worm on her rod uh, to start, and then I. She didn't catch any, so then I switched it to a pumpkin, the worm, and now she's been catching them. So I don't know if, if colors make it a difference. The brown one. Well, that
2: has them. always been your favorite color, that pumpkin with the chartreuse tail. Yep. Yeah.
6: So, and then the, the, the uh, Senko that we're using is watermelon red, with the or watermelon with the red fleck.
2: Yeah, well, you know what? I'll tell you what, whether it's a Senko or a Chomper Salty Sinker or a Yum Dinger. Watermelon and red fleck. I don't know. There's something about that color. It, yep. it works. And
6: the, and the tube that we were getting them on was uh, a smoke with red fleck in them.
2: That's, That's another awesome. good one. Yep. Smoke with so, red fleck.
6: Fishing's great. There's two other boats out here. The other boat that was out here, too, we saw them catch a bunch. Um,
2: it, is it kind of warm up there?
6: It's probably about 75 degrees right now in the water. Water temperature's 81.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, Wow. Yeah, I hey, wonder what Pewaukee's water temperature is.
3: Uh, actually, Tom, uh, a couple days ago when I was out there, by the time I quit, it had, it had bumped up to the 80, 80 degree surface temp there. Okay. Wow. So it's yeah, it's warming up, but it's good though that we got some. It's cooling down at night, so it's it's been kind of keeping it halfway decent. Hey, I was going to ask a question. Now you got some of those little northern lakes that are gems for bass and. A lot of people don't really pound them that hard. It's all—I think it's all pretty much walleyes and muskies and crappie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things up there. But how about any? Does that lake have any big bluegills in it? I've caught a couple in the past,
6: uh, but I really don't fish for much panfish out here. The action for bass is so good, and I've caught northern's on this lake too. The lake that we're staying on is a half moon lake, which is a 31-acre lake, and that lake's loaded with bass too. It's a non-motorized lake, and uh, it's just got a ton of them, too. So all these lakes, I, I've been coming up here, you know, the last 10 years and uh, in this area, and every year we find a different little lake, and, and like you said, a lot of people aren't fishing for bass or fishing for panfish or walleyes or something else. Um,
2: uh, Chris, I got a question. You said, uh, um, oh, shoot. <laughs> That's As okay, I told you earlier, you're that's the problem older. when it's you get old, You forget. I, I, I had the question on the top of my thumb, I mean on well, top of my tongue, and then I forgot. <laughs> but uh, the, oh, the well. reason
6: we called was uh, Heather thought she spotted you out here on the lake. Oh really? Yeah. There's two loons floating around. Oh,
2: here. I get it. Okay, very funny. <laughs> Ha-ha. Very funny. Ha-ha. So uh, anyway, all right. Go back to fishing. Your bad jokes are over with. All
3: right. I, now I hope, I, every, hope everybody oh, has a safe force. I thought nobody tells bad jokes like your like your dad again. And man, you're 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 more and more like him every time I talk to you.
2: <laughs> goodbye, Chris. All right. All right goodbye. <laughs> okay, buddy. Okay. Oh yeah. It yeah.
3: Chris from an unknown <laughs> lake telling bad jokes.
2: Now I remember I was going to say, you know, I was going to ask him if that Half Moon Lake, which is a non-motorized lake, if he can put his boat in the water, even though it has an outboard motor on it. Now, you would think that as long as you're not using it, you could put it in the water, right? In a non-motorized lake, you just don't use it. But many years ago, there were a couple of lakes that I went to that they would not let me put the boat in the water because it had a motor on it. So you know you got to make sure with those non motorized lakes, you know whether or not you can have a a motor on your boat or not, so you know,
3: Tom, if I you know was was a guy like you and had a big estate like you, yeah. I would make right. sure, in addition to my power boat, that I would have a small little John boat type thing that you with an electric motor that you could just specifically use to take to little lakes like that,
2: yeah. Exactly.
3: There I mean there's a lot of those little pothole little lakes, especially up in northern Wisconsin. You know, I I you know what I used to love as a kid Tom is going to one of those little lakes and there'd be, you know, big li- you know, lily pads all over the place. Yeah. And I would just envision giant bass under those lily pads as I worked my snag proof and also fish proof plastic frog over the top.
2: Yeah, oh. You know what I was gonna say, the snake. You know, a lot of those baits, the hard baits. You know, the snake-proof frog, the Bill Plummer frog, and whatever. You know, like you said before, you get a lot of blow-ups, but you don't hook up a lot of fish. When I was younger, one of the better things that I found for hooking up bass, and I'm surprised I don't use it anymore. It's it's like a no-brainer. Uh, you remember the pork frogs that Uncle Josh used to make, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Now, if you take a weedless hook and hook that pork frog onto a weedless hook and throw that into the lily pads, first of all, you're not going to get hung up. And your hookups are like 70 80% because you just got a big old hook in front of it. You know? So, I mean, and, and it's something, you know, it's funny that, and, and you know, they don't make the, the, the pork frogs anymore because uh, the plastics have taken over that and uh, but it's you know I I'm surprised I stopped using it because that was such an easy lure to use and the hookups were good but then we start going into new things improve things you know as a matter of fact you throw a tube in in the in the lily pads a weedless tube or a weedless plastic worm that's very effective you know very effective so you know it's something I should have kept using because it does work uh,
3: didn't they uh, jig and pig wasn't that what they what
2: they what they well, the, that? The, yeah. Well, no, because the the pig, of course, was the pork frog, but the jig would be a jig with a rubber skirt. That would be the jig and pig part. Uh, the jig with a rubber skirt, and it could be uh, like uh, it could be a quarter ounce, uh, you know, half ounce, three quarter ounce, you know, jig with a skirt. And then the pig turned into a plastic crawfish, basically, instead of pork. But what I was using was just a weedless hook with no weight and that pork frog. And that, that was all I needed. All I needed, you know, and, I, and it worked at great. And like I said, I don't know why, but sometimes we just get away from using things that work. You know, we start using other things that work. So, anyway. But we got to go to a break, Danny. Uh, we got one more segment left and uh, 799-1250 is the phone number if you got any questions or comments you got a fish and report also now you can email us it's just that not live Uh, I promise we get to your emails during the week and then if it's uh, something that's really good we save it and talk about it on the show the following week but you can email us at ceoguys at yahoo.com oh and by the way you know that uh, recipe I gave earlier, Dan, about the mayonnaise and the lime juice and the Parmesan on the on the corn on the cobs? Yep. Well, I forgot to tell people that if if you got a, a recipe s- similar to that or something different that you put on corn on the cob other than just butter and salt, please email it to me. I'd love to try it. Just email it to me at ceoguys at yahoo.com. I like trying all those new and various things. So... Just wanted to bring that up. We're, we're brought to you by Bait Made Fish Attractants. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Newbauer. Sam Schmitz is on the board doing a great job as usual. And we'll be right back, right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Fire.
3: Back to the sca- outdoors, hey, thanks for taking a ride with us on the crazy train today. We're we're on our last segment, we got a couple new guys jumping on the train. Uh, I believe we've got uh, Troy on the line, is that correct, Sam? Yes, sir. Okay, good morning, Troy.
4: Hey, guys, good morning, Troy. Here. Calling, calling in from uh, I was in Sawyer County for the last five days, just want to kind of talk about that a little bit. So, Flambeau Forest Outfitters, Jake Nelson. Uh, amazing uh, Sawyer County. So uh, I was on Connors Lake a couple nights ago, got a nice 40 with Jake Nelson guiding, and then i just been bouncing around with Connors Lake and Lake of the Pines, both in Sawyer County, staying at the Flambeau Forest Inn, which is like 60 bucks a night, and it is amazing. Um, also, great, great spot for grouse. You know, he does grouse hunting. It's uh, Park Falls is the world capital of grouse. Uh, the ruffled grouse, and then bear hunting as well. But FlambeauForestOutfitters.com, Jake Nelson, pretty amazing.
3: So, you caught that muskie with him? Uh, that that was the one you sent me, the picture. Uh, what uh, what were you chucking?
4: So, that we were trolling, actually. So, he was trolling uh, around uh, Connor's Lake. Um, and, uh, you know, nighttime, its water temperatures are getting up there, so you know, kind of careful about all that, but um, it was uh, probably eight o'clock at night. Uh, a, a troll, you know. A tr- so he's he's one of the only ones that's actually trolling in that area. So we were trolling.
3: Yeah, I believe Troy. They recently uh, used to be you couldn't troll up north, but now they allow you what? Just to troll two lines, right?
4: Yeah, only two lines. You're only allowed two lines. That's correct. It's amazing. He had the latest Garmin technology where he. The, the fish come up and, and pop the bait. Uh, I guess it's a couple years old Garmin technology that he had. Uh, so we, we saw we we had uh, we got one nice forty. We had a couple rips, and then a couple that we saw were big markers that came up, came in hot, you know, and then just kind of uh, you know didn't 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 take it. But uh, you know, Jake Nelson, like I said, just a great. I tell you, that Sawyer County is. Yeah, amazing. There's no, there's no cell phone service. There's no, you know, anything of that stuff. No Wi-Fi no nothing. You stay at the resort there. Flambeau Forest Inn is like sixty bucks a night. No TVs. No, you know, whatever. It's, it's roughing it. And then the Flambeau Forest. Uh, there's a bar there that Jake basically built with all his stuff in there. It's unbelievable. The 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 deer, you know, the the racks and and the fish and. The place is so cool. So I'm on my way to Vilas County now, staying at Arrington Resort, which is on Little Star Lake, kind of the uh, Tony Rizzo territory, uh, to go chase uh, go chase muskies for about three or four days with uh, Arrington's Guide Service uh, on Little Star Lake. So I'm up here chasing it.
2: All right, buddy. Well, I wish you the best of luck.
4: Thanks, All right, thanks, guys. For, thanks I- for the report. All right, you guys, take care. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Yep. Thank you. And now we have the Dennis Boulder from... Junction Connection. Dennis Royce is on the line right now. Good morning, Dennis.
5: Good morning, guys. Happy Fourth of July.
2: Same to you, Dennis. Happy Fourth.
5: Well, he was just talking about Mike Arrington. I Mike's a good friend of mine. In fact, he's a good busky fisherman. And uh, I just saw Mike the other day. We were fishing together on a lake for walleyes. And, and uh, the walleye action is good right now up in by this County and there's been a lot of guys out there getting uh, follows and good fish and, and uh, walleye action is a little deeper water this time of year, but uh, water temperature is 75 to almost 80 degrees. We've had a lot of warm weather up here, so uh, but fishing's pretty good. Bass fishing's excellent right now. People are catching a lot of small and large largemouth bass, so it's kind of a quick update on fishing report. I know you guys are type for time, so I wanted to go through that quick for you.
2: What's, uh, what What are the mosquitoes and ticks like up there by you?
5: The mosquitoes aren't bad right now. The mayflies were taking, doing, uh, are the the uh, dragonflies were doing a pretty good job and taking care of those. Uh, the mosquitoes at night, there's a certain hour that they, they come out, but it's not been too bad. It was terrible uh, here about a month ago. Uh, you get to a boat landing and. You go in or out. You go in and out of the landing quick, but uh, that's kind of uh, taking the, the. Like I say, the dragonflies have taken a lot of the mosquitoes, and that helps a mm. little bit. We don't have as many bats anymore as we used to, but uh, uh, there, it's not too bad at night. You can get out there and enjoy it. So. Well,
2: now is the nice time, weather. I guess, when you really need that uh, Coleman it, insect repellent.
5: Yeah, <laughs> uh, you've got to carry that in the boat. That's for sure. You do need to take that along. The biggest thing that's starting to come out now is the flies. Uh, you know, they like to get this time of year when it gets this warm, they out there and they take a bite out of your ankle. That hurts. So.
2: I know. Yeah, why why is it, it that it. they always go for the ankles?
5: I don't know. Tom, I don't know when I wear socks and they go right I, through the socks. So. I,
3: always,
2: I always wondered that,
3: why they go for the ankles. In fact, when I was in Lake of the Woods years ago, I would look on the sides of my boat. I had a white boat at that time. And they'd just be covered. They'd just, you know, like they were just, uh, they were, they were just there. Uh, and that would then they'd launch and go for your ankles. I actually started on the inside of the boat, and that seemed to help because they wouldn't be all perched right there.
5: Yeah, I agree that, and that hurts. And I, I carry spray. And I do spray my, my shoes in the top, of the the bottom part of my slacks and and socks, of course because after you don't know it you're fishing you're not paying attention all of a sudden ouch you get one of those bites and they can, right. they can leave a mark on you so right.
3: yeah I well, don't, those well. are the little black ones they look like a house fly but what what actually what kind of flies are those
5: well they got two kinds of flies the state started with a program where they had they call friendly flies and and uh, they were supposed to keep the other flies away I don't know I, I don't know the research behind it but uh, You've got the deer flies. You know,
2: yeah, got, we really got to go.
5: Yeah, you guys got to run. So
2: Yeah, we got to run. Uh, Thanks, Dennis, for calling. We appreciate it. And have a great 4th. Talk
5: to you later, guys.
2: Thanks, Dennis. All right. Yeah, Danny, you and Sam, I hope you guys have a great day today, 4th of July. I know I'm going to be making those ribs and making corn on the grill. <clears throat> Looking forward to it. Okay, I guess that's all I got. That's all I got to.
4: To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone.
3: You've been. Remember, Bud's cutting edge outdoors. Hey, happy 4th of July. We'll talk to you next week.